four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. That's right, baby, we're back. I know the sun is shining outside. Looks like it should be nicer than it is. And it should be nicer than it is since we are knocking on the door of April. But we're excited because yeah, golf come season. Come on, come on, man. This is this is Wisconsin. This is Wisconsin. Don't talk like it should be nice in in March. Look, man. I know you're excited, but come on, man. <laughs> As the voice of Stephen Watson, Channel WISN, Channel 12's own Stephen Watson. As we're back for year two, but I'm, I feel like I'm not asking for a lot, Stephen. I just want like 45 degrees. Like I just wanted to hit 45. I will gladly go outside and play golf. I just needed to get to like 45. I've so I know we've had this conversation in the fall of like, what's the coldest you will play in in the fall? Like, what's the coldest you'll play in in the spring? Because we've gone like five months without golf now. I, I, I'd be willing to get weird with like 35 and sunny right now. That's how desperate I feel. I would, but we just need a little bit of warm weather so courses can actually, you know, open and allow us out to play. I know some have been open periodically, but... My favorite golf course that I play a lot of golf at, Brown Deer, like they were eyeing, I know for a fact, they were eyeing last Thursday as a potential opening date, and they have not yet opened because, well, the weather just has not cooperated. And anytime it looks like it might cooperate, once you actually get to that day, it is like cloudy and just 40 degrees outside. So I just need a little burst of warm weather. Like once the golf course is open, I will go out sub 40. I just needed to get to 45 so we can, you know, actually get the courses in a decent spot so we can play. I'm with you, man. I'm itching to go. Thank goodness for, for simulators. I don't know if I, where I would be without oh, simulators man. right now. Yeah, no, I mean, simulators, and those those things are everywhere, by the way. Like, you yeah. you can go on. So next week, On the Tee is going to be on location at Fairways of Woodside. I'm probably going to be out there a little bit later because I may have ordered some irons that are coming in. I got the notification over the weekend that they finally shipped. They're going to be delivered to the Fairways of Woodside. And... I love, I mean, we, we were out there for one of our last shows last year. We, are, we had the On the Tee Open with Fairways of Woodside. We had Rob McDonald, who is the owner-operator of that golf course. And Rob is one of my favorite people in Wisconsin golf because he just wants to have fun. And golf is supposed to be fun. And he decided that he didn't want to deal with some of the other non-golf stuff in his business, so he put in four TrackMan Sims. And I feel a lot of places are doing that. Maybe not, you know, getting rid of, you know, an entire banquet area the way Rob did out at Fairways, but a lot of places are just putting in one sim or two sims at your local golf courses because they've found that's a way to generate a lot of local revenue. There haven't been a lot of great things to come out of the pandemic, but I, I think... Um golf has never thrived like it's thriving right now Gabe and it sucked so many new golfers in over the last two years because they've been able to get out and enjoy a new sport and be outside and play safely and I think we're seeing a boom in golf that we've never seen before and you know that's why we're seeing so many simulators that's why people are crazy in the offseason and taking more vacations now that it's safer to, to go to golf destinations 
um, you know, golf is thriving right now and we're coming off the biggest year in Wisconsin golf ever. So well, let's lean into it, baby. And, and my buddy is over at X-Golf in Brookfield, Mequon. Uh, they opened up a new place. They're up in Appleton now. I had a buddy who lives up in that area who went and checked that out. Absolutely loved it. And, like, golf is exploding so much that our buddies over at X-Golf, like, they're putting in an X-Golf simulator inside American Family Field that was announced just yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So like, golf and simulators are just overtaking everything, which makes me excited because it means that me, you and your buddies or me and my buddies that we can, you can hit the ground running. Like you don't have to have those first couple of rounds outside where, okay, I got to see what's what the swings like this year. Try to feel out process. No, you can play golf on a regular basis. A bunch of the, the guys that I play with at Brown Deer get together every Thursday night and, and whoever can play shows up, they play at the simulator. And then, you know, that way we can be playing better golf when the course is finally open. Gabe, I think um, it's kind of a blessing and a curse for me. I have a bit of a problem right now, and I, I need your help with it. I have a lot of problems. I'm, I'm going to tell you this come, right now. When it comes, the answer is more golf. All right, like no matter what, like okay, just okay, send okay. your well, wife my way. I'll let her know. Hey, Stephen just needs to be playing more golf. More golf is the solution to his problems. Hey, you know what? She is always on board with that. She's very good about that. I, I will. I will say that about my wife. I don't know if she's listening right now. But if she is, I love you, and uh, thank you for letting me play. <laughs> but here's the thing about the simulators. So because of the simulators, I'm playing way more golf in the winter. It's awesome, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm also becoming more OCD about my golf swing. And I, I love simulators. Yeah. Um, and the technology is unbelievable now, with, with especially with TrackMan. I mean, which most simulators are paying the price. Like they're paying to have that type of technology just because it, it makes the experience so much better than what we've had five, 10 years ago. Um, but I'm now addicted to the numbers, Gabe. And I, it's, it's making me an OCD golfer where I feel like I'm like the Hank Haney book on Tiger Woods. <laughs> and I, I, me and Tiger Woods do not deserve to be in the same sentence when we're talking about playing golf, but like tiger was obsessed with always getting better, even though he was the best in the world and nobody was even close for me. Like I'm seeing these numbers and I'm chasing these numbers that might not exist. And it's making me think like, I'm at a critical point, Gabe, like, do I just tear it all down and uh, redo my swing going into a golf season? Cause that's tough in this state when you only got like five months. I don't know if I want to commit a half of a golf season to like reconstructing my driver swing, which is I'm losing sleep over right now. So what you're saying is you don't want me to send you some of the numbers that I've been able to take pictures of on some of the simulators that I've, that I've hit. No, I, I'm asking for you to help me with my swing. Oh, I don't okay. need to see your 320 yard drives that make me feel bad about okay. myself. I mean, cause I got one that's a 303 carry if you want to see it. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> no, I mean, th and that's the tricky part about playing, like, because when you go outside, I feel it's, you. I feel like I get more feedback if I'm outside when I'm working on short game stuff, because the feedback yes. is, is more immediate. It's right there. If you just go outside and you're hitting balls on the range, you don't get the feedback the way you do on inside and inside it's, it's just it's more it's all full swing stuff like you're not doing any putting you are doing some chipping but i feel that it's not translatable necessarily to what you're doing once you get outside so it's all full swing stuff so i can completely understand where you're coming from but like dude you're 
I understand like that's the one thing you really want to do is kind of get your driver a little less spinny because you kind of come I, down I on hit it bombs, a little bit. Gabe. I want to hit bombs. Well, I mean, you want to hit bombs, then you know maybe a, a little vitamin S is going to help you out. You know, we'll just <laughs> we'll get you in a good workout regimen. I'm sure uh, we can find you. You know, the the right trainer. But I, I need to, I need to hit up friend of the show Bryson DeChambeau. Yes, exactly. Get on regimen. Exactly. Probably not a good time to call Phil Phil Mickelson right now. No, I, I think he, no, he might not be answering many calls. He's laying low right now. Uh, but that's a, that's a super easy thing to like get into is start to play golf swing instead of golf, which is why. I, I just try to, when I'm doing the Sims, like I'll spend a little bit of time on the range and I've done a little bit of work with my swing, but unless I've got someone there um, with me in terms of uh, whether it's a PGA pro that you're using, that's actually going to be able to give you the feedback that you actually need. Um, I spend a little bit of time on the range, just try to try to get the feel down, and then I'm just playing the different games that TrackMan or the different places have to offer. I'm playing the different courses, just so I don't like get too far into my own head of okay, the swing needs to be here. When I mean, because you're, I'm not gonna lie, Steve, you're a really good player. Like I, I wouldn't be messing with your swing all that much. Yeah, and that's why I feel like like a little bit like Tiger. Like I'm very happy with the type of golf that I play and the scores that I you know, put up on a pretty consistent basis, but I feel like I've just kind of hit this plateau of like, if, if I want to take it to the next level, I need to figure out my driver's swing. And like, I'm trying to diagnose myself in a closed room with a simulator. I probably just need to suck it up and pay for lessons and really figure it out or just be okay with going out and shooting the scores that I'm very content with at this point. So these are some serious, like first world golfer problems oh, right now. 1000%. I, this, is, this is just like, this is just what's running through my mind. When I, I look at a ball at a simulator, I'm like, what am I doing here? So there are two things that have kind of become a little bit of pet peevish for me when it comes to these simulators. One, when you're playing with somebody who's like, yeah, this, there's no way this thing's accurate. I hit the ball much further. Like, that guy <laughs> is just hilarious to me. It's like, you realize how much that piece of equipment costs behind you? And you realize the best players in the world rely on this specific piece of equipment to give them the feedback they need, and yes. you're going to tell me it's not accurate? Oh, well, uh, New World number 1 Scotty Scheffler has a tendency to disagree with that. Dustin Johnson That's like the guy who shows up in the Ricky Fowler all-orange outfit, by the way. But oh, go yeah. on. <laughs> and number two is kind of what you're doing. Like, you want to get better. You know how you get better? And you just mentioned it. You know how Tiger got better? He got a coach. And I know. Funny, funny thing about, about golf coaches and trying to figure out how to play golf better, at every one of the golf courses that you go to, at whatever golf course you play at, chances are there is a professional there who is his main jo- one of his main jobs is to help you get better. Now, are you going to have to pay this individual money? Yes, of course. That's the way goods and services work in this country. But there is somebody who is at your club or golf course that you play at who is willing and ready to help you get better. Yes, and I'm very fortunate. At Wisconsin Club, we have great pros. Um, I I just need to get to the point to my mentally of, like, I need the help, and if I want to get better, that is where I need to go. And I'm there. It's just, you know, we're starting, do I, I, it's more about reconstructing my swing going into a season is what, like, that's what's weighing on my mind more than anything. Yeah, here's the problem. This was a conversation that you should have had with your pro, like, in November. Or maybe at the beginning of January. 
That's why I'm having it with you now. Better late than never. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why you had to wait for the first on the tee to have this open conversation about how you want to become a better driver of the golf ball, especially when the season is so close to opening. But one of the other major storylines of this golf offseason, Stephen, was Steve Stricker. I mean, Strick riding high when we were last on. I mean, we were still riding high late into October about Team USA's dominant victory. And we were still lobbying for Steve Stricker to potentially be the captain when they go to Rome in a couple of years. Now, Zach Johnson has officially been named that captain as expected. But Steve, if you are unaware, Steve Stricker has had a major health scare. Gary D'Amato over at Wisconsin.golf was the first one to detail it and actually talk with Steve and write it down. But Strick also gave an interview to PGA Tour champions. Uh, It's about a five-minute little clip that they released, Stricker kind of talking about it. But here's a little bit of what Stricker had to say about what he has had to deal with this offseason. I think around the 10th of November, somewhere around there, where I started developing a fever, felt awful, started having these 103 degree temperatures, feeling crappy, and went to the hospital on a, on a, I forget which day that was, I think it was on a Friday. It was going downhill, and I, we didn't know why. My liver was uh, in trouble. I mean, I turned yellow. I had jaundice. Um, my lips puffed up. My tongue puffed up. Um, my face was you know, like like an allergic reaction, right? Had this coughing attack on a Wednesday and my fever was starting to go away. And um, it sent my heart out of rhythm. And it it jumped up to 155, you know, 160. And it was sustained at that number. Um, and that's when I really started to get a little bit nervous. And I was literally peeing uh, Coke-colored stuff out of my body, you know? I mean, that's how dark it was. and. Uh, yellow eyes, yellow skin. So it wasn't a it wasn't a pretty sight, you know. And uh, the, let me tell you, the hospital's not a good place to be. It's good to hear him laugh about it now because yeah. none of that sounds like a laughing matter. He would go on to say he's about at seventy five percent. He's hit some chips and putts. He's working on the full swing. Made a joke with Justin Thomas about how he's down to Justin Thomas's size at about one hundred sixty pounds. Unfortunately, he just can't get the ball speed or the clubhead speed. But it's good to hear that Steve Stricker is feeling better because he is Mister Golf in this state. Yeah, you know, this was a really, really scary situation. And some of the best doctors in the world here in Wisconsin, like, couldn't even figure it out. Um, and and that I think that's what was the scariest part of it all is they, they for a long time, they, they you just couldn't get better. I mean, you know, reading Gary's piece, I know Nikki, Steve's wife, and, you know, Caddy and um, big supporter of golf in this state, you know, was sitting by his bedside, you know, saying goodbye, had, had you know, stuff written down. And um, when you think about that, um, it really puts life into perspective of how quickly things can shift, right? I mean, he was on top of the world in golf. He was Captain America. He, you know, he, he a historic win at Whistling Straits in his home state. Um, and then to go through this mysterious illness, um, it really kind of shakes people. I, I was talking to Jerry Kelly about this a couple of weeks ago before the Color Guard Classic, you know, because he's a big outspoken advocate for getting you know early detection of colon cancer and the Color Guard Classic on the on the Champions Tour. And Jerry just said that it, it totally shook him and his perspective of his wife's going through cancer right now as well. So to see his wife and his closest friend going through this at the same time, um, he said, really makes you smell the roses. Um, but he is confident that if there's anybody that can beat this, it's Steve Stricker. And uh, Jerry told me that he expects to see Strick back in Madison when they're hosting their event together, the AmFam Championship. 
um, you better believe that Steve's going to be back there. And it certainly looks like he is uh, on track to be back by June oh, yeah. to play in, in the home state event. I know that means so much to him and his family. On the Tees opening segment brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. We continue to talk about the PGA Tour and a new world number one is coming up next on the Tee. The opening segment was brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. On the Tee with Gabe and Steven continues next on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. On the tee, it's our opening show of the 2022 season. Just talking a little bit about Steve Stricker as he continues to recover from, and he's not even sure what ailment it was, but we turn our attention now to the PGA Tour and a new world number one that was crowned just yesterday. It's all part of Ewalt's It's All About the Drive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive. We make it easy. On the Tee. All right, Stephen, so the, the rise of Scotty Scheffler is something that is just, I'm, I'm still wrapping my head around, because at the beginning of 2022, like when the calendar turned just three short months ago, he was probably on the short list of best players to never win on the PGA Tour. Now he has three wins, and he is the official world golf ranking number one player in the world. When we were thinking back to the Ryder Cup roster, Gabe, we were wondering who was going to be the 12th guy on Steve Stricker's team. And I loved Scotty Scheffler because of his match play style, because last year in the WGC, he finished second. And I was like, this is a guy who can play match play, high risk, high reward type of player. We saw how it worked out this past weekend. And I, I was like, this guy has skill, but Gabe, as you know, on the PGA Tour, everybody has skill. It's so hard to win. So what he is doing right now is unbelievable. He had zero wins in his first 70 starts on the PGA Tour. He has three wins in his last five starts. And it really actually, Gabe, I think goes back to whistling straights. That is where we saw the rise of Scotty Scheffler taking down the world number one in John Rahm. And now he is the number one player in the world. It's unbelievable the type of meteoric rise we're seeing out of Scotty. Well, just having that confidence, I think, right? Like the confidence that was infused in him to make that Ryder Cup team because there were plenty of people that were being considered and, and Scotty was, I thought, and I think we both felt was the obvious choice because of how well he fits. I, I thought with Whistling Straits, that came to fruition since they had the historic win there. But we're seeing here in the state of Wisconsin the last two times, Stephen, that we have had major PGA Tour events here. We had the U.S. Open in 2017 
And now the, the, the 2021 Ryder Cup, I think we've seen the launch of careers in 2017. It was Brooks Kepka who's going to be one of the favorites heading into Augusta next week. And last year was the launch of Scotty Scheffler, who's going to be one of the favorites heading into Augusta. We're star makers in this state. Hey, we got the courses. We know how good the courses are here. Now the world is just witnessing it. But it really is unbelievable when you think about it like that, Gabe, because Brooks Kepka was always on the cusp before Aaron Hills in 2017. He was a name that was thrown around so much. He was top tening like crazy, but just could never get over the hump. And then he wins at Aaron Hills, and he wins four of, I think, the next eight majors. He goes out and wins. It was unbelievable. And now he's a superstar in the sport. He was on the Ryder Cup team, won again at Whistling Straits, and played very well up in Kohler. And now we're seeing this out of Scotty Scheffler. Like, we might be able to look at these two golfers, Gabe, as Wisconsin being the spark to Hall of Fame golf careers. Who knows? But Wisconsin is where they both made a name for themselves. And that's pretty darn cool to say about two of the most beautiful golf venues in the world, not just being here, but being the, the starting board for these two golfers. What do you think about Scotty being the number one player in the world, though? Does it seem because it, it still does? It just does not seem right that he is the number one player in the world. And I'm not saying he hasn't earned it because he clearly has, based on the world official world golf rankings. But it just I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around it because there are so many other super talented players. The fact that he was able to rise and take this away from John Rahm, from Colin Morikawa, who's won two majors, oh, by the way. Um, you know, th- just the list of names in that top five, it's so tight. You-, you had Patrick Cantlay, who was the hot player at the end of last season en route to winning the FedEx Cup. The, the depth of professional golf right now, Stephen, I think is as good as it's possibly ever been. And I think that's why we're going to see a lot of number one ranked golfers in the world in a calendar year. I mean, what John Rahm put together over the last year and a half was worthy of the number one player in the world. I still would not bet against John Rahm on a golf course right now. I I think he is still the most complete golfer on the PGA Tour right now. But what Scotty's doing is he's winning at an unbelievable rate. Uh, I mean, he has three wins in his last five starts. He has six top 10 finishes already this season. Um, I mean, he's... He's made $7.4 million in earnings, and here we are in at the end of March. Not a bad first three months to start a year. Uh, but I think this is just kind of what the PGA Tour is going to look like, Gabe, because I think they're trying to get the superstars to play more events, right? Um, you know, we could talk about that Saudi League, but, yeah, I think we need about four hours to get into that. Oh boy. But I, 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 think, I think that the PGA Tour is just – they have so many good stars, and – not all of them are going to play every single week. And the fact that Scotty's playing a lot of these weeks and winning and top tenning, I don't think he's the number one golfer in the world. But he's saying to us, prove otherwise. And I, I think I think Augusta's going to be a big test. And until he really goes out and wins a major, I don't think you can call him the number one golfer in the world. Yeah, because we've seen guys like that, like Luke Donald was world number one. He had never won a major. I think when David Duvall in 1999 reached the world number one ranking, he had not won his major yet before he won his lone major, which was a British Open. So there are some players that have ascended to the spot without winning a major. It just, it's so shocking when it actually happens because there are so, like I mentioned, Colin Morikawa has two major championships to his name. He's won two of the last eight, which is an astronomical number in my mind. One player, though, I think that we're not really talking about when you when you look at those official World Golf rankings because he hasn't won, and I just feel like he's due for a win, 
is Justin Thomas. Watching Justin Thomas at the players might have been the most fun I've had watching golf this year, which I think is saying something between the way that Scotty has played, uh, between as, as much fun as Riviera is, Cam Smith going out and winning the players, but JT, when the wind was blowing at the players, yeah. and the way that JT could shape it when he needed to, because he typically doesn't do that. He's not a player that's you know going to play that Bubba Watson slice or really turn. I mean, he's had to turn it over a couple of times last year at the players when he won it almost turned it over too much into the pond at 18 but he's somebody that just had it seems like he has the complete game he's not putting great right now but you see his name consistently finishing in the top 10 on the PGA Tour and I think he's knocking on the door he could have a breakout win in just a couple of weeks at Augusta. JT is you know one of my favorite golfers to watch strike a golf ball but it, it you just can't deny the facts. He just doesn't play well in majors. No, no. Um, and, and, and Outside and, of his one major win, he just it, it, he's never on that, that leaderboard. He, he's almost a little like Rory, where it seems like he plays his way out of it on the first day. I think he just gets a little too deep in his own head. And, and Rory, you know, he's a guy that has self-admittedly said that's what's happening to him at Augusta. He needs Augusta to cre- complete his career Grand Slam. There's so much emphasis on Augusta, and there should be. It's the biggest event in golf. But I think that JT is just putting too much pressure on himself so... in these major championships. And I, I, I think he, he can win one this year. He should win one this year with, with how he is playing. And how he played at the players was unbelievable to win this game. I mean, he was doing things on a golf so course that it was so I, I, I mean, it was Tiger-esque the way that he was shaping balls in into and around the wind, around water. I mean, it was he didn't win that event, but he was the most impressive golfer that week. Well, it was hilarious because you, you saw these guys when the wind was whipping and blowing in. I think it had to have been Sunday because they, they, they were rained out so much. So I think it was Sunday when the wind is just blowing in into these guys' face on 17. And guy after guy after guy is just ballooning eight iron and watching the wind just take it and blow it short right of the green and into the water. So what does JT do? He flights a six iron. He flights a six <laughs> iron into that green, is able to control the spin so it doesn't roll off the back. And it was uh, the, the shots that he played. But back to JT at Augusta. I understand his resume there isn't great. And I agree with you. I think he gets in his own, his own head, maybe gets a little too excited for the majors. That's where... His new caddy comes into play. I am really excited to see what JT can do with the knowledge that Jim Bones Mackay has in his head about Augusta National. I think that's a great point. I mean, they are not just bag carriers, as we know. Um, You know, they are, I mean... They're psychiatrists. Right? <laughs> like they're, <laughs> well, they're, they're everything. That, but I, I think you can see, I mean, so Ted Scott, for those who don't know, Ted Scott was the caddy of Bubba Watson. And Ted and Bubba end up having, you know, they, they go their separate ways. And now he's on the bag of Scotty Scheffler. I don't, so I don't think it's a coincidence that Scheffler, who had gotten close before, has gotten over the hump. Now, I'm not crediting Ted Scott with, you know, Scotty getting this hot and winning three out of five events, but Scotty was just that close. And when you're talking about the margins of victory, like you're talking about a stroke or two, the difference between finishing fourth or fifth, which Scotty was, to winning events. I mean, I think the caddy that you have who has that experience, especially on a big-time player like Bubba Watson for Ted Scott, I think that can help make the difference from the mental side of things. Yeah, no question JT has the game. And, you know, we always talk about do they have the game for Augusta? And, like, 
Justin Thomas has the game for Augusta, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it shaping shots, iron play, you know, decent putter. Um, he's been he's been known to make a lot of big putts. We saw that in Ryder Cup, especially up in Kohler this past year. There's no reason why he shouldn't be contending at Augusta every single year. But can Justin get out of his own way? I think that's going to be the biggest question mark in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and the one thing that JT has really struggled with at this point is his putting. It seems like he is sticking a number of shots close, and he's just not making even tour average amount of putts. And if yeah. those putts start sinking at Augusta, it could get incredibly interesting for JT, who is looking for that second major, that elusive second major of his career. On the Tee is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, and it's time to know the difference. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to put things in order. Visit their website, AnnexWealth.com, and click on that Get Started button. I know we've been spending a lot of time here talking about Augusta National, but it's 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 kind of crappy outside. It's a little cold, and the Masters means spring. So if we've overlooked the Texas Open coming up this week on the PGA Tour, excuse us, because, well, I mean, Augusta's just a little bit bigger, <laughs> but we will make some picks about that Texas Open. That's coming up next on the tee. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. And you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay. So incredibly hyped about the start of the golf season with On the Tee. We are going to be here just about every Monday from now until the golf season ends in late October here in the state of Wisconsin. Myself, Gabe Mitchell, along with Stephen Watson. And we're so excited, Stephen, that we didn't have, we haven't even talked anything about Tiger Woods. Like the Tiger sightings, like which is shocking seeing as we're probably two of the biggest Tiger Woods fans in the entire state of Wisconsin. I, I'm sorry. I, I have a bone to pick with you first. Me? Yeah, you. What did I do? You spent the break sending me your TrackMan numbers after I, you know, poured my heart out about how I'm in desperate need <laughs> for a swing change and how I hate my numbers, and you just stepped on me and squashed me. And oh, well, see here, I, I thought it would provide you inspiration, something to shoot for. I mean, what are you? Are you secretly? And I, I know our producer Max is a big Bryson fan. Are you secretly on like the Bryson <laughs> diet right now? Because you got a swing speed at one eighteen, and I'm a little worried about you. Because that's like, that's like a whole lot of caffeine. Or <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've seen like, you lately. Uh, I've seen you lately. I don't think you look any bigger, but I, that's that's an outrageous swing speed. Yeah, six like six protein shakes a day. Like, I mean, if if you want to hit that swing speed, Stephen, it's just gonna have to be a complete overhaul of your entire diet. Like, it's gonna overtake your life. I don't know how the folks at Channel Twelve are gonna feel about it. You know, if you're chugging a protein shake in the middle yeah, of one I of mean, your we, sports reports, we, but... we, we already got to worry about the camera adding ten pounds. I can't afford <laughs> to have to have this Bryson diet. So I gotta I gotta talk to JT or something. You know, I, I like that one sixty five wiry frame like. Gumby-like swing is what I need to find. Sure. 
Yeah. Sorry, I, but let's go back to Tiger Woods. I just, I, I just had to like make sure that everybody listening knows that you have bullied me um, <laughs> during our commercial break. Well, again, I thought I was just providing inspiration, you know, something again for you to shoot for as you're working to up that driver's speed. Yeah. I mean, you gave me all like this, you need to go like find a swing coach and, you know, made me feel like I was cheap and no, no, you just wanted to make sure that I knew that my numbers are nowhere close to yours and you're not going to help me at all with them. You're just going to show me the numbers as if I need to go chase them myself. <laughs> like, not like a, Hey, I've played golf with you tens of times. Here's what I think you should do with your swing. Nope. Nothing like that. Just here are my numbers. Good luck, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that's pretty good. Max, I, th- I feel that's really good advice. Like, Hey, best of luck to you. Here's some good numbers to shoot for. Like, here's some goals you can set for yourself. Absolutely. You're just setting goals for them. I agree with you. It's just pure inspiration. Just like when we look at Bryce and we're inspired to hit the ball farther, (laughs) we look at you the exact same way. Are you worried at all about your guy, Bryson? No. So he he played for the first time in a while uh, during the, the match play. He's right now in the field for the Valero Texas Open this week. But he said that he he can't still he can't go full go right now because of the injuries that he's had. I mean, it it did not look good bef- the last time we saw him. Like I just remember him just unnecessarily trying to hit a ball out of the penalty area at Torrey Pines. Like, dude, you have been grabbing at your wrist all day. What are you doing? You don't need to do this. You're not making the cut. But that's why I love Bryson. Because it wouldn't be Bryson if he didn't try to do something stupid like that just for our entertainment. He's he putting is. his body on the line to give us entertainment. you got to respect that. He is the gift who keeps on giving. <laughs> he really is. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how he looks this week to see if he can actually be a contender at Augusta National just because if he is not able to go 100%, I just don't know if he can just shift his strategy of trying to bully Augusta National. Because, again, Bryson famously called Augusta National a par 68 for himself. Yeah, how did he do after he did that, after he called out Augusta? I believe the course won like it often does, right, yes. Gabe? Oh, yes, yes, as often. Because, again, you can try to bully that golf course, but then you have to be very precise with all the different mounds they have on and around those greens. And one person who has mastered those greens, has mastered those pitch shots, still hasn't withdrawn from Augusta National at this point. Siding at Medalist, his golf club down in Florida, where he was reportedly walking with Joe LaCava, his caddy. Report, I mean, un, unsubstantiated reports at this point, where he might. Like, I've seen two different ones, Stephen, where he was la- a couple weeks ago at Augusta National to check it out, or he's going this week to Augusta National to see if his legs can indeed handle the walk that is the hilly terrain of the year's first major. But there's a lot of excitement around Tiger Woods right now. I can tell you who is really hoping that he plays. CBS execs because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nobody moves the needle like Tiger I I think that he is going to tease us here I really do I, I think that he's going to drag us along but I think that Tiger cares so desperately about his performance and that's what's made him so great in his career that he will not accept anything but being a contender oh, at Augusta. Yeah. If he and thinks I, he, if, if he doesn't I, think he can contend, he's not going to play. Exactly, and I, I think that you know, obviously, if he if he can walk and he can walk four straight rounds on the, that terrain, that's the biggest question mark. But he also 
hasn't played in a competitive tournament outside of playing with his son, if you want to call that a competitive tournament, which was awesome to see him have so much fun. I just, I don't think that he's there yet, um, but I'm happy. I'm happy to join along on this tease session up until, you know, they finally announced the field the week of the masters. I'm here for it. I would love nothing more. As you said, Gabe, than to see Tiger Woods walk out on that first tee at Augusta and play. But I think I see it more of Tiger's going to be at Augusta playing in the par three with his son. Oh, that's yeah. my prediction. I mean, Charlie's hitting that tee shot on the ninth on the par three, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, I mean, everyone just knows that that, I, I have no doubt in my mind that that is going to happen. And I think that he's putting in the extra effort to try to play at Augusta because he said himself, he's going to have to play a very limited schedule. His body's just not going to hold up if he tries to play a regular, normal PJ tour schedule. But this is one of the places he can win. Like, you don't need to be able to bomb and gouge it. It's tough to bully the golf course. Like, I, I feel that Tiger can compete here the way that Freddie Couples into his late 40s, early 50s seemed like Freddie was always on the top of the leaderboard until about halfway through Saturday when Freddie, because of his back, would like his back would give away on him and then he'd just kind of free fall down the leaderboard. But I feel like Tiger can just do that where, all right, I know where to miss, I know where to place it. I'm the best. I'm, I still think that Tiger is one of the best iron players in the world, even though he hasn't played in a year and a half. Um, I, I just think that he can still find ways to get around that golf course. If Charlie Hoffman can lead around at Augusta, give me Tiger on one leg. I, I He can compete. All right. We've got to do some uh, Gruber Law Office's pick-to-click. We have very little talked about the Valero Texas Open. I feel we ignored it last year as well, Stephen. And then Jordan Spieth decided to just go out and win the thing to bring some excitement to Augusta National. But it is, it's a sneakily stacked field because you have somebody like Rory McIlroy who skipped last week in the match play, which I just don't like where the match play. I love the event. I think it's on a weird spot in the calendar. Like you just ask Scotty Scheffler, who pulled out of this event, to play a ton of golf and not even the type of golf that he needs to get ready for majors. So I think that this event needs to find a different place on the calendar. But you have Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Hideki Matsuyama, Bryson DeChambeau. Like, this is a pretty good field that's going to be playing this week in San Antonio. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's great to have Jordan back. I mean, that was he had an unbelievable golf season last year, and, and the Valero Texas Open is obviously what jump-started his comeback into the golf world. And, it, you know, it ended up helping him get to a Ryder cup. Um, I I'm going to, I'm, I'm excited to watch this because I, I think TPC San, San Antonio is a, a pretty cool course um, from, you know, watching Jordan last year contending. I watched that entire Sunday round and I normally in years past would never have watched this event. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just to see, to see Jordan in contention is something that is appointment television for me. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with a past champion, of this event as my Gruber law offices, one call that's all pick. And it's not Jordan Spieth. I really like Corey Connors um, playing well at the the Texas open. I mean, he he finished third in match play, you know, T11 at Bay Hill. Um, He was 11th in Sony open. I, I think he is, might be one of those breakout stars on the PGA tour this year. I'm, I'm going to go with, with Corey Connors to uh, win a second Valero Texas Open. What about you? So I'm going to go with a first-time winner. It seems like we've had a couple of those on the PGA Tour already this season, but I'm going Mav McNeely. I just think that the way he played, especially early part in the season, I know he didn't play as well at the players, 
but he was T7 at the Genesis earlier this year. He's rolling it really well. He's top 30 in strokes game putting this year. I think putting, as we saw last year with Jordan, is really important at TPC San Antonio. So I'm going to go a little off the board, but I'm going Mav McNeely this week, despite having some of those star power at the top, and Mav gets that elusive first win in his PGA Tour career. I mean, he he has my full support because he might have the coolest name on the PGA <laughs> Tour. Him and Cam Champ, I mean, they, they were born to be golfers. Yeah, they absolutely were. Uh, golf weather in Wisconsin is here-ish. But if you're looking for a great place to play outside, head to Fairways of Woodside in Sussex. Their opening day is coming up on the 1st. Great atmosphere out there, great food, great drink menu, amazing hospitality. They want to make sure you have fun at Fairways of Woodside. As they like to say out there, they're a bar with a golf problem. They, they want you to go out there and have a great time with your golfing buddies. I love to get out there with my golfing buddies. You should as well. By the way, we're doing our show live from out there to get ready for the year's first major. So make sure you check out their website at fairwaysofwoodside.com. What's the best match play golf course in the state of Wisconsin? Stephen and I discuss next on the tee. Forget about changing that dial. More on the tee with Gabe and Stephen next on 94.5 ESPN.com. For it's on the tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. One of the things with the WGC Dell match play that happened this past week on the PGA Tour is I think they've found a great home for it. I feel the golf course that they play, we've seen Kevin Kisner have a lot of success. We've seen guys that can bomb it have success. It really does not really kind of slant towards one player or another. Where we've had Kevin Kisner famously say, Stephen, that hey, I can't compete everywhere out here on the PGA Tour. And somebody asked him, well, why? Well, because they, well, you know, well, then why do you even bother showing up? Well, because they play pretty well for 30th place. <laughs> but Kiz has had a lot of success here. He's won the event. He's been in the finals a couple of times. I mean, but that's that to me is what makes a great match play golf course. One that's not necessarily going to favor one type of player or another. There's options, different ways to play. So the question that you posed to me earlier today was, what's the best match play golf course in Wisconsin? We answer that part of our waste management golf course review. Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. All right, Stephen, how are you answering the question? What is the best match play golf course in the state of Wisconsin? Well, I think we can we can fairly say that um, Whistling Straits turned out to be a heck of a venue for match play golf yep. um, at the Ryder Cup. So I, I want to take that out of the equation because, sure. you know, it did such an unbelievable job hosting the Ryder Cup. It's not fair to really compare anything to that. Um, I When I think match play, I think different types of shots. I think the Kevin Kisner model of not all of us can hit the ball 350 yards off the tee like Gabe Neitzel. So how can you attack a golf course and make it a high risk reward? And it's a golf course that we've talked about on this show 
in season one of On the Tee and one that I think is one of the tougher golf courses in this state. And I believe that the bull at Pinehurst Farms would be an unbelievable match play event because there are so many places on that golf course to get in trouble. And it, it forces you to use every club in your bag and to also play really creative golf with the number of hazards around the green. I think that the bull would be an awesome match play golf course. Yeah, I, see that one. It's been a couple. I got to get back up to the bowl this year. I think that should be on the list of, of places that we need to play, Stephen. It's been a couple of years since I've been up there, but I agree. I mean, some of those. I mean, again, a couple of those holes. There's pretty much only one option. Okay, you got to hit it here, then you got to hit it here. But yes, that you have to be creative with the way you avoid a lot of those hazards. It's such an incredibly tough golf course. Mine is, and not everybody has access to it, but if you have a friend that belongs at Hidden Glen. If you ever get the opportunity to play up there, do it. It's in Cedarburg. It's a private club up there. I've got a couple of friends that belong there. But it it, it kind of has uh, some some vibes from Washington County where it's just yeah. open. There is nothing out there, so you're exposed to the elements. But what I like about that golf course is there are there's some risk you can take on should you choose to take it on or you can play a little bit of a safer route so if you want to attempt a big carry over some water you can do that on the first hole if you want to take on the pond that um, protects the green you can try to do that or you can lay back and still you know have a, a smaller iron into that green it, it just presents a number of different options and because of the wind whipping out there much like you mentioned with the bull you've got to be creative with some of the shots you got to play you got to be able to flight it you got to be able to do a number of different things and play in wind I think that would be a tremendous match play golf course because of the options that you have when you play out there and I, I think we would also agree that there we have a lot of options in this state oh, <laughs> and well, a lot certainly. of championship quality golf courses this is not our favorite golf course these are just what we think would be entertaining match play courses I've only played hitting Glen once and it was during an outing and it had weather that was somewhat similar to what we saw at the players this year. So I feel like I didn't truly get a fair, fair test because it was so difficult playing in like a four club wind when a lot of their holes tempt you to hit over water, especially that par three. That is like, that makes 17 at sawgrass look easy. Um, I, I, I feel like I need to give that another run. So I have a proposal, Gabe Neitzel. Okay. Mono e mono. A home and home at the Bull and Hidden Glen. Okay. And and let's play a match. I'm absolutely in. I am 100% in where we we go up to the Bull at Pinehurst Farms and uh, we we hit up some, some of our friends over at Hidden Glen. I'm and you can 100%. bring your little your little fun track man with all the fun, awesome <laughs> smash factor numbers on it with your low spin rates and your high club head speed. And I'm just going to Kevin Kisner you, baby. Yeah, it's th- those are two really fun golf courses to play too. I think I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with that. Um, and and because again, I think what we saw with match play just being such a different beast from week in and week out PGA Tour golf. Because and I think that's where Kevin Kisner really embraces it, where he's that bulldog that just wants to take down that one person, where that's so much easier than having to worry about a field of 156. I think that he might be the type of late ad you know, final spot replacing a Harris English like player 
when they go to Rome because it's not going to be a long course like we saw at Whistling. I think Kisner, with his success in match play, we talked about it last year on who the who Stricker was going to pick, and we both didn't think Kisner was the right choice for Kohler because of the length of the course and just the heavy hitters that they have on Team USA and them designing the course around that. But when you go to European courses that aren't as long, I think Kisner, this might be the time that he gets on a Ryder Cup team with how good he is in match play. Well, between him and Billy Horschel, I mean, those guys, they don't bomb it, but I think that they have that bulldog-type mentality where, I mean, you think about what it was back in 2018 when they, you know, when it was over in Europe, and it was in... You know, it was just unbelievably hard. You know, the, the the tee shots that they were required to hit, you had to keep it in play, and that's what Kiz and that's what Billy Horschel do. They're not right for home games necessarily for Team USA, but I think they would be really good on the road if Team Europe decides to really narrow the fairways they did a couple of years ago. Hey, you know what next week is? It's Masters Week, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. I may or may not have been watching a little bit of the 2019 Masters on YouTube earlier today. I'll let oh. you be the judge of whether or not I did that earlier today. We are in the books. That is our first round of On the Tee. Next week, we are going to be live from the fairways of Woodside, breaking down the first major of the year, as it is almost here. It is just a week away from being Masters Week. We can't wait to talk about it next week. This has been On the Tee. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary, subject to terms and conditions not available.